Welcome to Pints of the Brown Table. I am Monty Morgan. I'm here with Matt Gibson. Hey. And Tara Styles. Hey. Sweaty Tara Styles. Sweaty. I am very sweaty. Handsome we're, and sweaty. We're all a bit sweaty, I feel like. It's mm-hmm. over 80 degrees in my house. That's too hot. It's probably even hotter under the trailer. Or do your boobs. I don't know if I'm smelling <laughs> me or Josh right now. <laughs> I like we went two different ways. Oh. <laughs> it's a fork in the road, Matt. I don't know what that means, honestly. A, a three-way fork. A three-way fork? Having a two-way fork would be terrible if we're talking. Like, imagine trying to grab a cherry tomato with only three or two. Tines. Only two tines? Tines. On a fork. Uh, is that what it's called? Yeah. On, this prongs are called tines. You, what? Prongs are called tines. Why yes. do we call them prongs? Why, why aren't they called prongs? Yeah, why are we calling them prongs if they're called tines? I said prong is, a, I guess, a layman's term. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> guess who's a layman? I guess that's me. And you too, Tara, apparently. Oh, Alrighty then. Tines. Anyways, welcome to Pints of the Brown Table. I'm here with Matt Gibson and a couple of laymen. <laughs> a couple of boring ass Don't laymen. Non-tine, knowing ass head asses. Things you forget when you're royalty. Just bring me the fork and the tomato. <laughs> And I don't, I don't care how many pointy things it has or what the pointy things are called. Just feed it to me. I love that when we're royals, we turned into Paris Hilton. I <laughs> <laughs> almost you couldn't see Matt the way he was prancing yeah, around. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> They're not wrong. <laughs> How's y'all's week been? Oh, it's been a collection of days consecutively. Oh, is that yeah, how weeks work? Same. What do they call the weekdays? Is there a name for those two? Or are we just going to call those tines as well? <laughs> those are prongs. Oh, my bad. I worked so many 16-hour shifts in a row, I don't fucking know anything. Yep. Mm-hmm. I felt that. I keep telling my night manager and the day person, hey, see you tomorrow. And they're like, you mean today? And I'm like, fuck. No. it's oh, it, I'm a night shifter. It's tomorrow. Shut the fuck up. It's still today. I told them all that the same thing at the same time, too. They're like, you mean today? I'm like, no. Because as far as I'm concerned, when I go to sleep, that's the end of today. Yeah. And then when I wake up, it's tomorrow. And fuck anyone who says differently. Yep. Because I'm running the end of day at this bitch. Yeah. I keep like telling this. them time's an illusion. I'd be lucky if I show up again. Oh, that's right. Lunchtime doubly so. That's not an illusion. That's real that's real stuff. No, it's not. I think see I'm food motivated. We've wait, but we've talked about this. Lunchtime? I think, I think you're focusing on the wrong part of lunchtime. Lunch is not an illusion. The time for lunch is an illusion. You can have lunch whenever the fuck you Listen, want. I will not have philosophical conversations with someone who refers to my fork as a Tine. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Y'all knock it off. We're doing All our right. best. Yeah. I don't even have any stories this week. I worked so much. Nothing crazy happened to me that I can recall. Man, I'm not going to top making out with my mom. <laughs> no. No, but you can bottom her. <laughs> oh. Oh, what the no? What the no? no? I mean, this isn't that great. I thought it was funny. It's not even my story. It's Josh's. So he went out to his mom's house, and there's a truck parked in the driveway, and it's a long driveway, and it's just, like, in the middle. Who's so motherfucker like, parking he, at his he can't mom's go, house? He can't go around it or anything like that, so he just parks behind it, and he gets out, 
And there's a dude sitting in the truck with a rifle just hanging out. Oh, shit. And what? Josh was like, uh, is there something I can help you with? And th- the dude was like, I don't know. Is there something I can fucking help you with? Oh, no. And he's like, he's like, oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. No, that this is my property that he's on. He's got a gun. He's, you know. Gun or angry not. right off the bat. Oh, man. And so like, he explains himself. Wrong. He's like, uh, I'm, I'm Josh. I, this is my mom's house. And he's like, oh. So they know each other, but they haven't seen each other in like 10 years. Like the guy like lives like in the same country area, but like way down the road. And uh, he was trapping the the groundhogs that were tearing up the field. It's There's a field on Josh's property and another guy farms it and pays them. And the guy that farms it asked the other guy to go out there and trap the, the groundhogs it. because they were digging up in the farm area, all, fucking all it up. All prearranged. And so as far as this dude in the, the truck, you're talking to me all fucking Josh's, wrong. They forgot yeah. to call Josh's mom and it's, let her know that they right. were going to be doing that. I don't give yeah. a shit. You're talking to me all wrong. But it was the fact that Josh was like, uh, yeah, is there something I can help you with? And he's like, I don't know. Is there something I can fucking help you with? And he's like, what? You know, in his head, he's like, this is my house. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I'm sorry. Fuck you and those groundhogs. Looks like we're getting rid of two (laughs) things today. (laughs) Unless you're Bill Murray (laughs) in Groundhog's Day. Don't talk to me like that. (laughs) Caddyshack looking motherfucker. Oh, man. Well, we got a new supporter this week. Oh, that's even better news. I hope you guys saw that. Yeah. My friend Nicole from KC. Awesome. Which is pretty dope, yeah. Fuck yeah. We love They'll you, actually Nicole. be coming through uh, this area. On really? tour, yeah. Sweet. The Pentagram st- String Band. St- st- the Pentagram String Band. Check them out. Hell yeah. But yeah, she's been a fan a long time. She listens at work in the mornings and shit like that. Like why they're doing... Or is it the next day? And the, while they're doing food prep, as she said one time, this is forever ago, she was listening to us and their delivery guy came in and she had to sign some stuff. And we're just like doing our normal pints bullshit. And he's like... Yeah, I just need to get out of here. Like, I, this is too much for me. She's like, I love these guys. <laughs> yeah, delivery guy was not having it. But hey, thanks for supporting us. Thanks for being a Patreon member. Loving Appreciate it. The shit out of you. And I can't wait for you guys to come through so I can hear you again. It's been been a long time. But yeah, so she's cool as shit. And ironically, what we're doing today, this is even more weird. I, I told her she became a Patreon last week, and I messaged her as a K. Like, hey, thanks, you know. We're ironically doing a, a serial killer from KC. And she goes, oh, man, are you doing Bob the Butcher? The lady I work for at RenFest used to know him. She traded and bought rocks from him. And I was like, what the Hell fuck? Yeah. No way. Isn't that wild? And then He had cool artifacts, okay? Yeah. She said he was the weirdest guy she ever met, and he made her boyfriend at the time uncomfortable. <laughs> Tried to invite him over for dinner several times, and she was like, thankfully, they said no. <laughs> but that's fucked up. Then another one of my friends, Jesse, was messaging me. We were talking. I told him I was doing a guy from KC, and he was like, oh, man, my girlfriend traded a bunch of rocks with that guy. She's like, <laughs> he's like, I still have a bunch of them. Do you want them? I was like, fucking send them. Why not? Yeah, hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's fucking weird, though. Because I'd never heard of this guy until Tara was like, man, I can't. Start collecting serial killer merch? Nah, I mean, maybe. Nah, but maybe. But maybe. But so that's pretty cool. Hitting close to home, I guess. That's fucking awesome. I like this guy. I already told Matt, I said, Matt, you're not gonna like this guy. Monty's gonna love this guy. I'm gonna love this guy. I I read when you told me about him. I can't believe I didn't know about him. I feel so stupid for that. I'm so happy I found it. I am too. I read a couple short like book reports or whatever you want to call it, a couple little things that somebody you don't have to read much to be like wrote on him and shit. i was like oh man this is my cup of tea oh i like how she knew both of us well enough that she was gonna you know the difference. i'm gonna be the one who's like oh god cringing and you're gonna be like oh this is awesome <laughs> <laughs> so, i think awesome isn't the right word no you're right you don't it say was awesome very much <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, well, guys, today we are giving you Robert Andrew Berdella Jr., later known as the Kansas City Butcher and the Collector. Fucking love it already. I love that Tara found this guy. That's awesome. And I was like, who? From Kansas City? I mean, he was my neighbor. <laughs> you want to know how I found him? You Googled Bonnie Morgan? Damn it. No, I Googled, butcher, <laughs> I Googled Butcher of Kansas. I wanted to know all the Kansas ones. Okay. And here we are. Yeah. Well, Berdella was born on January 31st, 1949 in Ohio. He was the eldest of two sons born to Robert and Mary Bardella. The father worked for the Ford Motor Company. Hell yeah, Ford guys doing Ford things. Yeah. Uh, he was Catholic and raised his family in an intensely religious home. The family regularly attended mass and the children went to religious educational courses. As the children got out of their toddler years, Robert would often physically and emotionally abuse his children with a leather strap. Their mother was a homemaker. <laughs> Making leather straps, apparently. <laughs> she made that home. Oh. No, just mom. You know, she's just making homes. Just, you know, how moms do. Very Amish of her. Home yeah. making, making homes. Well, Berdella, Berdella was a weird kid. He stayed inside and had no friends. By age five, he wore thick Coke bottle glasses for severe nearsightedness. And to make things worse, he also had a terrible speech impediment. Oh, you can't have both. Put that fucker on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Bardella took several medications for high blood pressure that he was diagnosed with at a young age. So how can the school school dweeb make friends? Most would say sports, but Bardella had no interest or drive for sports of any kind. I feel like the school dweeb's not making the... Soccer team. I don't know. I was a dweeb and I no, did track and football. No, but there are some kids that like they they try out for sports like to kind of get out of their dweeb yeah. spell. Yeah. I would like to play chess. I, like <laughs> total geek. I mean, you guys both know me. I'm I a love complete chess, fucking geek, and I I did varsity track and yeah, football. Look how tall you are. People like me don't do track. I'm nah. way too short. You like, have to do wrestling. Oh, she's not wrong. <laughs> she's not wrong. You, I don't, I'm afraid I'll get bean dipped. <laughs> <laughs> you will get bean dipped. Yeah, see, that's why I don't you want to be You will get no, bean dipped. Like in a leotard. <laughs> You'll be wearing a leotard. Hey, we don't and use that word. There will be. We don't use that word on this show. Leobobo. <laughs> Leobobo. Uh, his father saw this as a failure and consistently compared Bardella to his younger brother, who loved and was great at sports. I already hate his brother. Ah, fuck that guy. <laughs> Regardless of how his father felt and being excessively bullied at school, Berdella was very intelligent and did well in his academics. Reaching puberty, Berdella realized he was homosexual, but he would guard this secret for years. He even had a girlfriend for a short period of time. Around age 15, Berdella worked up some self-confidence. This portrayed him as being cocky, mostly geared towards women. Imagine. It's called finally got a little bit of confidence after being the dweeb. And And then he's like, you ugly bitch. At what age? Cocky bastard, 15? Yeah, when the testosterone hits. Who who could have fucking... His balls double dropped. Possibly predicted that you'd have some cockiness and arrogance. My balls double dropped on that uh, small pint, so I don't know if you guys remember it. <laughs> yes, it was fucking beautiful. And I wish I could have cut it all out, but it's impossible because you, you guys are laughing so hard and Tara brings it up like three times. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. He started to learn about cooking and art, and he enjoyed these tasks. At age 16, on Christmas Day, Bradella traveled a short distance with his family for the holiday. While there, his father suffered from a heart attack. At age 39. Oops. Bradella returned to his home by himself. Then his family told him that his father had died. Oh, his father, cope, was, sorry, his father was beating him, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. So no real loss. But I mean, he still had he still had a lot of respect for his father. It 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 depends. The emotional like connection to your abuser isn't always a logical one. 
you know. Yeah, that's fair. As a way to cope, he buried himself into his religion. When he found no answers to his mixed emotions, Verdella began reading up on many religions and occult groups, including Satanism. Yeah. Before he became cynical about all religions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking Satanism. Satanism and then cynicism. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all religions <laughs> suck. Uh, uh, he saw the film The Collector, which is based off a crime novel written by John Fowles. Which is a great movie. Love it. One of my favorite movies. This guy to watch the beach for hours and collect seashells, and it's like, this is really nice. <laughs> so maybe a different movie. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure there's any crime in that movie. I think you were yeah, you can't just steal porn. seashells <laughs> by the seashore and sell That's them. That's Sally's job. <laughs> Capitalism, Sally. Whack. <laughs> uh, the movie plot consists of a man walking up and down the beach collecting seashells. I told you. Shit. I told you. <laughs> That's not what it says. No, that's not what it says. Fuck. Consists of a man stalking, then abducting a pretty young woman, then keeping her held captive and torturing her. This is way better than seashells. This is not the same as a beach at all. Bordella has stated that this movie conjured up his fantasies and has a lasting impression on him. Well, that's just not right. Matt Cody Island. You know what? Has anybody has anybody thought about banning this movie? Hell no. We're not doing that. We're not even participating in that conversation. <laughs> well, it was not long after the death of Bordello's father, his mother remarried. He saw this as a betrayal against his father. You cheating whore! How dare you remarry and be happy! Wanting nothing to do with him, he withdrew further, going back to his childhood habits and hobbies. He just masturbated a lot and read comic books. That's all he did. <laughs> Bordella enjoyed painting and collecting coins and stamps. He started writing pen pals in foreign countries who would send him stamps for his collection, along with photos of historical icons and architecture. Not into rocks yet, I see. No. Or I guess that's coming soon. As a result, Bordella was as a result, Bordella developed an interest in art, photography, and antiques. Antique rocks. I feel like they're, they're old. Every rock is an antique. I know. Holy fucking pothead wisdom. <laughs> Jesus fucking Colorado Christ. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, that's my new nickname, Jesus fucking Colorado Christ. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Shower thoughts with Matt Handy. <laughs> wow, I just really dated myself, didn't I, with oh, that? yes, you did. Ooh. Sarah's like, I don't know who Matt Handy is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a masturbation joke. Yes, it is. It is. Let's just go with it. It is. Okay. And all of our listeners, listeners, all of our listeners under 20, wait a minute, under 30, while continuing with his good grades, one of his high school teachers had Berdella placed in an independent study program. In 1967, at age 18, Berdella graduated from Cuyahoga Falls High School in Ohio. It didn't, what, what? (laughs) Cuyahoga. (laughs) I really liked that. <laughs> <laughs> Did I do it wrong? No. Nope. No, I think it's right. She, she just really liked the way it sounded. Well, it didn't take him long to leave the town and home he had known his whole life, relocating to Kansas City and enrolling in the Kansas City Art Institute. His hopes were becoming a college professor. His first year went great. He was known for being a talented and attentive student. Fucking nerd. Told you he went back to his old ways. It's always the nerds. It's always the nerds. Always the nerds. But it's always the nerds that save the day, too. Uh, I guess there's no gray area, right? You either 
This die is die the hero the or live long enough to become the villain to, to prosper. Oh wait a minute. Oh. <laughs> well, by his second year, Bardella became vocally anti-authoritarian. Finally, able to break out of his secluded shell, he became acquainted with the drug addicts of the school. All right, Hell yeah, who supplied him with drugs that he then sold for profit. He didn't even take them. That's smart. Oh. You never get high. I was gonna say on your I, own supply. I really love this guy, and then there was that sentence right there. He never even took the drug. Oh, fuck that guy then. No, he just sold them for cash. Fuck that guy. <laughs> we well, all we all know that guy. Fuck that guy. Bradella did enjoy an overabundance of alcohol <laughs> along with acts of animal torture. And we're back to fuck this guy. <laughs> While attending the Art Institute, he engaged in at least three incidents of animal abuse. I told you. For those two occasions, Bradella tortured a duck and a chicken while his peers were there to watch. What? Fuck his peers, too. Yeah. yeah this, can't let this guy on the beach again, that's for sure. <laughs> well, for the third instance, he used sedatives and tranquilizers on a dog as an experiment. As an experiment. That's what he told them when they were like, why are you doing this? Well, well let's see what happens. Yeah. I'm a professor. Watch me fuck this goose. Oh. Honestly, fuck that goose, man. <laughs> Unless it's Thomas. Oh, the only goose we love. Yep. By age 19, Bradella was slinging methamphetamine so well that he sold it to an undercover officer. After being arrested and released on a $3,000 bond, he pled guilty and was given five years suspended sentence. What a fucking moron. Yep. <laughs> Didn't even do the drugs and still sold them to a fucking cop. <laughs> <laughs> fucking idiot. Fucking idiot. Only one month later, Bradella, along with two friends, would be arrested for possession of LSD and marijuana. <sighs> Unable to post bond, Bradella spent five days in jail. These charges were dropped due to lack of evidence. What, the police oh. took the drugs? That's what, I, yeah. that's what I didn't understand is lack of evidence. There's literally physical evidence. Nope. Not, if not anymore. It. Not if they, it came up missing at the time that he needed the to go LSD to court. The LSD just soaked right into my skin. It's gone now. It's weird when you store it on your tongue for storage. It must have been them, them <laughs> Mises that come into the you know, evidence locker room and... Eat all the evidence in the locker room. Them guys are real junkies, man. You know. My tongue, also known as the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a sentence you shouldn't say, Tara. My tongue, okay. known as the locker room. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, Tara. I'm not mad. It's <laughs> <laughs> so a locker room at the fire department. Yay. Oh. He began working as a short order cook at restaurants throughout the city, using this money to pay off his fines. He also began selling art and antiques that he had acquired over the years. This side business was done out of his home. Bradella had contacts in many other countries from his years spent collecting these items. Oh, oh, all right. Listen, I'll say these rocks. I mean, some of them probably were rocks. Rockifacts, artifacts, same thing. Rockifacts? <laughs> yeah. The local shitty punk band. <laughs> we'll play in your shower for $3 and a Coors Pure. And a Coors Pure. College administrators at the college gave Bradella harsh criticism after he killed, then cooked a duck for the sake of art. It Damn. is an art institute. He's really stretching. It's edgy. Hey, have you seen this that's duck? That's punk. Have you seen no, this? No, that's not punk. Have you seen this duck right here? That's yeah, I, I emo? Wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't call it punk. I don't even know what you... You know, there is a whole sect of punks that would call it punk. Is it for punk of us to not call it punk, or is it punk of us to call it punk? Oh, are we not punks I was for not gonna calling say it punk? They're just wrong. I was just going to say they're wrong. That's all. Punk, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, 
Bradella withdrew from the Art Institute following this incident in 1969. He stayed in Kansas City and in September moved to the Hyde Park District. I almost bought a house there. Ooh. Ooh. That's where all the game. Was it, was it perhaps? Was it Prime Real Estate? 4315 Charlotte Street? It was not. But the <laughs> the gay community, gay and lesbian, kind of like took it over and like revitalized it. And so the, the houses were all trash, big mansion style houses, you know, but they had been yep. abandoned and beaten in like a handful. Destroyed. Like, yep. Like gay and lesbian community started like buying some of the houses and like revamping them and like they revitalized the whole area. I almost yep. bought a house Hell there. Hell yeah. A couple of my friends lived down there. Well, it was on Charlotte Street. Hey. Yep. Having plenty of free time on his hands now, along with being openly gay the past few years. Jesus Christ, I could have been this guy's fucking neighbor. Yep. I wonder if he went to the Hyde Park area because it was becoming, well, not predominantly gay, but actively gay? Or safely gay. Freely gay. Yes, Yes. safely is the right word. Yep. Mm -hmm. Berdella spent his time with the wonderful crowds of male prostitutes, runaways, petty criminals, and drug addicts. That's what it consisted of back in that time. That's awesome. Because that sounds like all of my <laughs> friends. That's great. Matt goes, that's awesome. Befriending them so he could help free them of their demons. Oh, fuck. Whether it be trying to cure them of their addictions or getting them away from their criminal lifestyles. He had become a parent-like figure for most of these boys, and they began to be his only form of social contact. Which made Bradella even more frustrated with the each boy he went through when he couldn't fix them. I don't like that sentence. My daddy died. Can I be your daddy? I want to fix you. They're like, no, you're not my daddy. And he's like, God damn it, another one. I'm not his daddy. (laughs) Uh, He had sexual relationships with many of the boys and asserted control over them by taking care of them. That's the wrong kind of daddy. I was, that's not, I mean, it depends on what you're into. (sighs) Rodella claims he had no physical contact with any of these men he tried to help throughout the 70s. Like, I'm not... Yeah, he claims he didn't have any sexual relations with any of these kids that stayed at his house that he took care of. But the boys do say that they had yes. sexual. Okay, so do you know boys just be talking. And I say boys, I mean they were over eighteen, but most of them are like eighteen to twenty. Like they were young. Hey man, you can still easily take advantage of an eighteen-year-old boy. Like yeah, I like, mean, that ain't nothing. I mean, <laughs> these are people that obviously don't have families oh, yeah, that they can go to. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, man. Oh yeah, man. Do you want to explain or just like? <laughs> no, I just been taking advantage of. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't done it myself. I'm just. <sighs> oh, I hate man. you guys. Yeah, we love you too. <laughs> well, the only thing bad Bardella's neighbors had to say about him was that his property was messy. They found him to be a flamboyant and a helpful public servant to the community. He'd go on to become the chairman of South Hyde Park Crime Prevention and Neighborhood Association in the early 1980s. Man, this is awesome. Except for that he's raping boys. Oh, wait. <laughs> well, actually, it didn't say rape. He just had sexual relations. That they say and he denies. It sounds like rape. Uh, but they're not saying he raped him. He, they just said, yeah, we had the butt stuffs. Well, anyway, he encouraged neighborhood watch patrols and represented the neighborhood at a fundraising events for the local television station. Bradella had continued to grow, had continued and grown with both of his jobs. Now a senior cook at many restaurants, he joined the Chef's Association. See, that's where he fucked up, dude. What, joining the Chef's Association? No, senior cook at many restaurants. Oh. Like one restaurant yeah, is taxing. Now you got to deal yeah, with like. he did it at more than one. Four oh. or five different. I don't know if it was all at the same time. Wine cooks. Oh, that's fair. But he, he was senior cook at more than one restaurant. Gotcha. Well, when his side business began. When his side business began to rapidly grow, Bradella devoted more of his time to this instead. 
and by 1981, he had many contractual agreements with national and international contacts. He had stopped working as a chef altogether to pursue this as his full-time job. And that's how everybody bought rocks from him. Fuck. (laughs) He was just giving rocks away, trying to trade rocks and shit. Hell yeah. The Westport district of KC was known for nightlife and different odd shops. Tejon Street Corner Thieves. It's one of their favorite places to play is Westport. Yes. I mean, I love Tejon Street Corner. Me too. I've never been to the Westport district of Kansas City because... Let's go right now. I mean, I could <laughs> I can see them in like four places here in the spring. Right, so. Let's pause this whole motherfucker. Let's go. Meet you there. I'm see down. you there. It's it take the same, same amount of time, time, time. For us to get there. I'll see you all tomorrow. Fuck yes. It's <laughs> yeah. The flea market area had cubicles for vendors to sell their things. In 1982, Berdella rented one of these booths. His store's name was Bob's Bazaar Bazaar. Oh, nice. Al Bazaar? Bob Bazaar. <laughs> <laughs> he would sell or trade primitive art, jewelry, and antiques, and apparently rocks. <laughs> he made good money doing this, but it wasn't always consistent, leaving Berdella to steal or scavenge for items to sell at his booth, along with selling items to other merchants at a financial loss to him. That's unfortunate. Oh, yeah. should have just I stuck see, with the online shit. No, I, see, I mean, it, it's one of those things where it's the uh, investment return thing. So I buy this now, hoping to make and a then, return on it. But then when I have no money, I sell it at a loss just uh, to get cash yep. in my pocket. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Yep. Should have kept that chef job. Should have kept it. Senior chef? Seen, yeah. At multiple restaurants. Come on, dude. Priority. <laughs> I won't be in today. I've got to go sell rocks. But I will be in tomorrow for the buy one, get one burger special. Verdella <laughs> became acquainted with the nearby booth renter, Paul Howell. And really? And his son, Jerry. He, he fucked up. What? He could have had a Bob's Burgers. Oh. Like, there's a oh whole thing God. about it. Yeah. And, like, he could have been, I was. He could have been the Bob, Bob of Bob's Burgers. Verdella Burgers. Dear God. The best burgers possible. Possible. <laughs> I'm out of B words. He was a good cook, but that wasn't his passion. Yeah, rocks. Yeah, he followed and his dream, young and, boys. He, and he was broke, kind of like us, following our dream, and that's why we were broke. <sighs> Still not fucking young boy. So he became acquainted with Paul Howell and his son Jerry. Jerry and his friends would bully Berdella for being homosexual, sometimes resulting in heated arguments. <laughs> Paul moved his. <laughs> ah, you're gay as fuck, Bob. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are, Bob. You're gay. You're gay as possible. <laughs> or I feel bad for him for being picked on for like being gay, but also I know he killed people, so now I'm like, fuck this guy. Oh. Yeah. Paul moved his booth and family to a stationary location across town. Well, apparently, Paul was doing a little bit better. Even with the distance and clear clashing between Berdella and Jerry, by the summer of 1984, they would eventually become casual friends, Jerry being 19 at this time. Oh. At the time, they became casual friends? Yeah, like he went from bullying him to like, they're like casual friends. Oh, listen, Bob, okay. I'm, I'm sorry yeah, I said yeah. you were gay. I That's apologize. Fine. We'll be yeah, friends, yeah, Bob. Yeah. You want to have sex with me, Bob? Let's have sex. <laughs> well, Jerry uh, would, instead of having sex, become Bradella's first victim. Ah, revenge is mine, you cocksucker. <laughs> or that doesn't take sex out of, the, out of the equation. Not sucker? <laughs> In July of 1984... Jerry was promised a ride to Miriam for a dance contest. Instead of following through with the promise, Berdella abducted Jerry by filling him with alcohol, acepramazine, and Valium while in the car. 
Bradella then gave Jerry more drugs and alcohol at his home until he was unconscious. Here, take these in the car. When we get home. Right. Well, take- I mean, don't knock him out in the car. He's got to walk himself to the house. I'm not trying to carry his ass in front of my own house. Stumble at best. Right. Hey, is my drunk buddy. It's not somebody I had raped and murdered. It's fine. How much alcohol does it take to fill a Jerry? Dear <laughs> 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 I, I mean. <laughs> just, just, just. Oh, right. Where the fuck was I at? I believe once Jerry was out cold. Once Jerry was out cold, Bradella injected him with a tranquilizer and tied him to his bed. Jerry would be tied to the bed for around 28 hours continuously. I mean, that's not that long. Like, there was at least three different drugs after he got to the house. Yeah. More drugs and alcohol. Then when he's out cold, injected with a tranquilizer. When he's out cold. Well, it doesn't doesn't matter what you're tied to when you're out cold. (laughs) Dear God. I'm just being up. All right. I mean, I had an ex that was tied to the bed for longer than that. I mean, it's 28 hours continuously. I mean, it was like, con- nonstop. Is there a Guinness Book of World Records for being tied to a bed continuously? I meant the word consensuously, not continuously. Apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was two to eight hours. No, 28. Well, while tied up, Bradella continued to drug Jerry along with torturing, raping, and violating him with foreign objects. During these tortures, Jerry asked why he was doing this and begging to be freed. Berdella ignored him. You're right, Tara. I don't like this. <laughs> Ignoring, uh, according to Berdella, he believes that Jerry died either from choking on his own vomit uh, or a combination of the gag and drugs being too much for Jerry to breathe. Yeah, take it, Jerry. God damn it. Okay, oh, again. Fuck. Oh. Listen, I'm not happy Jerry died. I'm just happy we have this episode in front of us. This is so wrong. He claims to have tried CPR, but he's a lying bitch on Jerry after he died. We can't try it on him before. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh my God. Then he would drag his body to the basement and suspend it from the ceiling above a large pot. Yeah, we're making soup, motherfuckers. Oh. I'd Terry, you were completely 100% right in your assessment. I was just getting ready to say, I love that you found this. We're just like, getting started, buddy. I oh, do man. not like this, and Monty loves it. Like, <laughs> I mean, this is a good serial killer app. I'm so excited. <sighs> Maybe I'm so excited because like, I'd never it, heard of him. It hurts me in the places that don't feel pain. Like, I don't like it. <laughs> Where are places you don't feel pain at? In, yeah, that's weird. In the places. <laughs> well, Bordella then made many incisions... incisions on Jerry's inner elbows and jugular vein. Inner elbow. That's a nice way to put it. I always called it my elbow pit. Elbow pit. Yeah. Yes. Ah. It's called an inner elbow. That's wrong. Yeah. That's wrong. <laughs> I've always called it an elbow pit and my knee elbow pit. pit. It's the elbow pit and the knee pit. Knee yeah. pit. You're right. You're abs- and they're wrong. Fuck them. <laughs> well, if he did Sorry, this. Sorry, aggressive. He did this to allow his body to drain of blood. Overnight. The following day, Bradella used a chainsaw and boning knife to dismember the body. He then wrapped different parts in newspaper and trash bags before putting them in larger trash and set out to the curb. Oh, I mean, put it out to be collected. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What else you going to do with it? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Jerry, got your arm. Just kidding. You can't hear me. (laughs) Oh. Well, the garbage company would later pick them up. And take them off to the landfill. Yeah, as they do. When Jerry was reported missing, they knocked on Robert Berdella's door to ask him if he had seen him. Hmm. Berdella explained to the police 
that the trashman took him. Rodella <laughs> 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 had explained to the police that he took Jerry to the dance contest in Merriam and then returned home and had not spoken with Jerry since. Oh, you know that Jerry. He probably went home with some floozy at the dance contest. <laughs> also, just floozies or just at the dance contest. Hey, where else the floozies go? Okay. Have you seen Footloose? Target. <laughs> Target. <laughs> Target. Everybody needs deodorant for their Nebo pits. <sighs> Rodella was able to curb his, ap- his urges for eight months when an old acquaintance who rented a room from him stopped by. Robert Sheldon, 23 years old, was needing a place to stay for a while. He had always paid his rent before, but Rodella felt his being there was an inconvenience. I'm just, I'm just a murderer being here. Raving like, people. Uh, I know you stuff. need a place to stay, but this is a really big inconvenience. I don't, to I don't me. know if it's an inconvenience for you to hold a rapist murderer in your house. He was tied down. <laughs> How much of an inconvenience can he be? <sighs> he let Sheldon in with the indication he would stay there, that he could stay there. Two days later, on April 12th, Bertella returned home from work to find Sheldon intoxicated. He saw this as an opportunity to use Sheldon to express some of the anger and frustration that he had towards other people. Yeah, What's you that? drunk? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's time it. to whoop that ass. Oh, it's like a beanbag when I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Was that Alanis Morissette? It's like a beanbag when I'm tired. <laughs> it fucking goes. Oh, God. Verdella then drugged Sheldon and held him captive in, the, in a second floor room, spending three days torturing him by rubbing drain cleaner in Sheldon's left eye, oh. pushing needles under Ooh. his fingertips. Oh, Filling his ears with caulk to reduce his hearing. Oh. Want to make sure caulk, everyone. Oh. Caulk. And wrapping Sheldon's wrist with piano wire in hopes to cause permanent nerve damage. This would have gone on longer if Berdella didn't have a scheduled worker to fix his roof. Oh. Causing. Damn it. I got to get them tiles on my fucking roof fixed. You got to go, Sheldon. <laughs> causing Berdella to have to kill Sheldon by suffocating him. He placed a bag over his head and tightened it with rope. Later, he decided, later he directed the body, dissected. (laughs) He placed a bag over his head and tightened it with rope. He later dissected the body in a third floor bathroom. Motherfucker got three floors. I told you Hyde Park area had nice houses. Yeah. Yeah. Who has has three floors? Who has three floors? What kind of rich? And a basement. Hyde Park. Suburban? Motherfucker. It's all that cook work. She ain't, she ain't wrong. Lead chef. Head chef. <laughs> assistant chef. Senior. Senior. Yep. Two months later, another convenience would show up at Berdella's. Mark Wallace, a.k.a. Marky Mark, had previously helped Berdella with yard work. But on this night, he was only there to seek shelter in Berdella's shed from a hectic thunderstorm. Marky Mark was in a very depressed and tense state, so Berdella invited him in then offered to inject him with chlorpromosine, telling Mark it would help calm him down. Sounded like a friendly idea, because Mark had no idea what the fuck that was. He told him to go ahead. Within 30 minutes, Berdella decided to hold Marky Mark captive and carried him to the second floor bedroom. I see a smarter man would be like, let's go upstairs for the chlorpomorazine. <laughs> the smarter man would be like, you can inject me with all the chlorpomorazine you want, <laughs> but I got the funky bunch downstairs just waiting for anything to go sideways. That's right. Marky Mark on the back up. Drug free to put the crack up. <laughs> I hate that I know like, <laughs> that whole song. I could probably sing it. Oh my God, yes. I love it. 
Well, on that second floor bedroom, Marky Mark would only last a day. During this time, Bradella put alligator clamps on Mark's Who nipples. Knew? I'm out. It's called roach clips. I'm out. Before giving him electrical shocks. <sighs> These shocks would cause Marky Mark to go unconscious at times. I'm about to go unconscious right now. <laughs> I fucking hate nipple stuff. Bradella then inserted hypodermic needles into the funky bunch of Mark's back. <laughs> <laughs> Bradilla says that this was him experimenting. What was Mar- the nipple stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Not experimenting. Uh, he knew about that already. Oh, I hate it. Marky Mark died at 7 p.m. on June 23rd from a combination of the gag, drugs, lack of oxygen, and horrible 80s music. I would have died from the nipple rash. Oh, I hate it. Okay, well, September 26th, Bradella got a call from another old acquaintance named James Ferris. James was wanting to stay at Bradella's for a short time. Bradella told James, yes, this time with the sole intention of kidnapping and torturing him. They met at the bar later that night, then both went back to Bradella's, where he fed James a meal laced with crushed tranquilizers. Bradella then shocked James with 7,700 volts in his shoulders and testicles for up to five minutes at a time. And all of that sounds Ow. better than even, like, brushing my nipples. Even the clamps going on the nipple? Even Ow. brushing them with it. Ooh. Bradella also used hypodermic needles for acupuncture to James' neck and genitals. Oh, I'm a doctor. <laughs> James became delirious and wasn't able to sit up for more than 15 seconds at a time. But Bradella would not stop torturing him for 27 continuous hours until oh. James had died. Dear God. He got it easy. <laughs> what? I did the nipple thing. I fucked me up, man. <laughs> I'm still fucked up about the nipple thing. I hate it. Like, don't even look at my nipples. Don't talk about them. Uh, they're hairy. I wish I could just cut holes out of my shirt so if my nipples exposed, so my shirt didn't have to touch them. But then if my nipples oh are my exposed, God. people are going to be people like, People are going to touch them. I know. What's the problem? <laughs> I need like nipple tints. I'm going to start to wear a bra. Fuck it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't stop laughing. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm glad one of us is having a good time. This was, this was great until the nipple yeah, shit. This, yeah, we, we flipped the scripts. You're not supposed to be liking this, and Monty is. <laughs> Okay. The fifth victim had previously stayed with Berdella two different times in 1984, along with his wife. Todd Stoops was a 23-year-old drug addict and occasionally a prostitute. When they bumped into each other at the park on June 17, 1986, it had been two years since last seeing one another. Holy shit! I ain't seen you in two years. You still fucking people for money? <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Stoops told Berdella he needed $13 for drugs. I thought that was going to go. <laughs> I know it's been two years, but. Uh... I need about 13 bucks. What a number. <laughs> I needed so... 10 bucks for drugs and $3 for a Slim Jim. I mean, I got, I got $7. <laughs> so Berdella invited him over for lunch along with sex for the money he needed. Berdella later oh, admitted nice. he was very attracted to Stoops. That's very, it's, it's really nice that he was like, not only will I give you the money, yeah. but I'll also feed you. Right. BLT and a salt malt? Here you go. Stoops is... I mean, no wonder Bordello was attracted to him. I'm attracted yeah. to him right now. Well, Bordello's the one that was feeding him. Shit. This serial killer is going to kill me. Once they arrived at Bordello's, he held Stoops captive and tortured him while using him as a sex slave for two weeks. Oh, this guy. Ooh. That's way more than 28 hours. Yeah. As torture techniques, Bordello put electrical shocks through Stoops' closed eyes in hopes to blind him. He also injected drain cleaner into Stoops' larynx, 
to try and silence his screams. Ooh. By the second week of being held captive, things escalated. Yeah, I was at the Waffle Hut when I was reading this, talking to Matt about it. Oh, yes, I remember this, and I didn't like it then. <laughs> I was like, I'll have the scattered and smothered. This is great. <laughs> Make it a triple. Fuck it. Stoops asked for something to eat or drink, and Burdella told him no. All Stoops could do was sob. No scattered. Days, no smothered. Nothing. No Alice's iced tea. Oh. Ten days in, Burdella ruptured Stoops' anal wall with his fist. Whoa. Wow. This caused bleeding and discharge. Yes. A few days later, Burdella attempted to feed him ice cream and soup. There but he wasn't butt. able to hold it down. Yeah, you just fisted my asshole till discharge. His whole arm. His whole arm. Ah. Stoops became so weak by the last day he couldn't breathe while sitting and died on July 1st. His cause of death was septic shock from the ruptured anal wall. That's so bad. Yeah, it's fucking bad. <sighs> oh. Well, around April of 1987, Larry Pearson, who was 20 years old, went into Bradella's shop. They got to talking, and Larry told Bradella that he was interested in witchcraft and wizardry as a child. Yeah, so when I was a kid... I like to read Harry Potter. Yeah, I like to... I popped around on this little wooden horse. It was cool. I thought it was a cowboy. Is that wizardry? It was a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying childhood things. He's talking about childhood things. They developed a casual little friendship, and then Larry stayed in a room at Berdella's house doing chores as his rent payment. Berdella had no intentions of turning Larry into a victim, but on June 23rd, after having to bail Larry out of jail, he was like, bitch, you're my victim now. Yep, I thought you were on the up and up. Larry started joking about him robbing gay men in Wichita. Oh. Bradella wouldn't have this kind of talk and made sure Larry was nice and intoxicated. Listen, you ain't be robbing my people. He then injected him with chloropromamazamazine and then moved him to the basement. Once there, he tied Larry's hands over his head and linked the rope around a brick column. Yeah, secure way. Make sure nobody moves after they're unconscious. (laughs) Don't ask me how, Lonnie. I wasn't going to. The first step. I wasn't going to. Hell, Matt. The first step of torture was injecting Larry in his larynx with drain cleaner. That's how. He did this a lot. I feel like that was his go-to. He liked injecting. But where did he find the fact that he's going to fucking... Like, how do you find out that you're going to... Like, hey, listen. How do you know it's not going to kill him? I don't... You think it would unclog it? Oh. (laughs) This is really... Really, this is Drano's fault. (laughs) We're coming for you, Drano. Berdella then went upstairs to his electrical transformer which he used to repeatedly administer shocks to Larry. Larry was the most cooperative of all the victims so far, which, sadly for him, made him the longest victim also. Just prolonged how long he was going to die. Like, it took more torture because he was so helpful. Did Larry like it? No, I think he thought maybe one day he'd be let go. Had he realized from the get-go... He was a serial... He's gonna. He's going to kill me if I yeah. don't cooperate. He's going to kill me. I think if that's I do where most eventually. people go for torturers. It's like if you're tortured, like fuck you, you're gonna kill me, right? So fuck you, and then it, like whatever it is he you're gonna get, you're not gonna stop. get. Drano to the larynx. I'm out. Ugh. Like we're cooperative until Drano and the nipple stuff. <laughs> Even the anal fisting is questionable. <laughs> But I draw he's, like, the line. he's like, Ruffle, rupture my anal wall, but don't you fucking bring that Drano near me. I'm on, I'll take the Drano over the nipples. Uh, uh, I hate it. Of course you will. Oh, uh, you're not wrong. Six weeks. For six weeks in total, Larry okay, was Channel tortured. 9 News. <laughs> Be, 
Besides the electrical shock, Berdella also sexually assaulted him and broke several of Larry's hand bones with an iron rod, which rendered him submissive. Though tied up to the wall wasn't enough to be submissive? No. Once I break your hands with an iron rod, then you understand who is daddy. Yeah, now they slip right out of this knot you just made. They're all broken. <laughs> I hate everything I just said. No one here liked it either. It's no okay. one liked it. <laughs> This worked, and Larry's fully submitted to the physical and sexual assault. As a result, Berdella had enough trust in Larry to move him upstairs as a reward, but only if Larry continued to cooperate. Fucked up. Berdella also informed him that if he did continue his cooperation, he wouldn't inflict as much pain as he did in the basement. Hey, this, you know, upstairs, it's a... Less painful. It's a less painful area. It's a tier three pain. You're on tier one pain right now you can graduate up with only three simple payments of fisting oh. nipple claps and drano <laughs> anal rupture oh god i hate everything about this i love anal rupture it sounds like a fucking death metal band we are anal rupture and that's our first song fisting to submission oh. <laughs> all right but you have to you have to play the drums it's gonna be weird with these broken ass hands <laughs> the only way anal rupture will work <laughs> Okay. Oh, God. The second half of the six weeks, Larry trained himself to sleep without moving so that it wouldn't trigger Berdella to send him back to the basement. Oh. Wait. Yeah. How do you train yourself to sleep without moving? Don't. In your sleep? Sleep very heavy. Don't Yeah, you're sleep not getting good heavy. sleep, that's yep. for sure. Well, one can only take so much, and after six weeks in captivity, Larry chomped down deeply on Berdella's dick. Mm. He then screamed that he couldn't handle being treated this way any longer. Berdella bludgeoned him with a tree limb. Was just sitting in the living room? I know. I don't know where the <laughs> fuck it came from, but... Oh, no. Maybe it was some of his antique decor. God, well, he bludgeoned him until he was unconscious. He then suffocated him with a bag and ligature. When he was done with that, Berdella drove himself to the hospital for his penis wound. Once home, he dismembered Larry's body and saved his head in the freezer. And eventually... Buried it in the backyard, Ugh. which is what he, where he should have buried his dick instead of the guy's mouth. <sighs> why didn't he bite the whole dick off? Once it's, he tried. Once it's in there. Well, he tried, but he had to hurry up and say why he was doing it. Can't take this. Yeah, don't talk with your mouthful. <laughs> Lessons learned today. Don't talk with your mouthful. God. Or if there's a dick in your mouth, only speak in vowels. Okay. I'll go back to puns. <laughs> About a year later, at 1 o'clock in the morning, Berdella encountered 22-year-old Christopher Bryson at a Greyhound bus station. Christopher worked as a male prostitute to support his family. When Berdella suggested they go to his house, Christopher was pleased because he was used to having to use old motels for sex work. Once at Berdella's home, he knocked Christopher unconscious with an iron bar while he was walking upstairs in front of him. Should have used that tree limb. <laughs> Once knocked out, Berdella tied Christopher to the bed with his arms over his head. He then used similar forms of torture to his other victims, but added wiping Christopher's eyes with ammonia. Oh. Berdella made several threats to Christopher. He also used forms of intimidation to keep him in line. Do you want the ammonia again? Do you want the ammonia again? Left eye? Wait, is it both eyes or one eye? <laughs> both eyes this time. Okay. So, uh... His intimidation included showing pictures and giving descriptions of previous victims who had made mistakes and had to be killed for it. But Berdella began to trust Christopher almost immediately. This would be his biggest mistake. Berdella willingly discussed aspects of the torture and sexual abuse with Christopher, but told him that there was no negotiations on the sexual abuse. By the third day of capture, Christopher had gained enough trust to ask Berdella for a few things 
to get his way. That's fucking wild. He's like, I need you to they, pick how you want to be tortured. There's no no choice on the sexual stuff because I'm doing that. Like that's what yeah. I want. But, but yeah, if you if you basically yeah if you do the sexual stuff, we can discuss what will be done for the physical torture. Wow. Yeah. The mental fortitude in game that guy probably played right. back and forth in his own head right. to keep composure. Like the long, the long chess game that guy is playing while getting sexually abused. It's this is only the first day. He's immediately playing the long game. Yeah. Is that what we're calling yeah, it? Yeah, he wanted to, he knew that he had to change things up because he wanted to keep him forever. And since the last, it was the guy before this that was cooperative and he had him for six weeks. So he's like, you know, let's, let's make deals early. See what we can get. Uh, so Christopher asked for simple requests such as after be after the sexual abuse, he wanted his arms tied in front of him instead of above his head because it cut off circulation. Hey, listen, you just fucked me in the ass. You could at least put my hands in front of me so, you know, it doesn't cut off the circulation. God. But, like, Christopher, he was immediately smart. Like, he knew to ask for things right after the sexual assaults. Like any good girlfriend. Oh. But that came out wrong. I didn't mean it like that. Oh. I mean, like, come on, dude. You get a nice BJ, and she's like, hey, can I buy a Porsche? Like, sure, babe, I love you. (laughs) Okay, anyway, like, never mind. That's why you're not getting a Porsche, man. How many Porsches have you bought? Zero. (laughs) Zero. No the blowjobs weren't that good. <laughs> the blowjobs weren't that good. He then convinced Berdella to leave the TV on and a remote between his legs for when Berdella was not in the room. And that's just a civil request. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you at least let me watch Ricky Lake. Since Lake's. my hands are in front of me now, God damn. can I get that remote? Yeah, Ricky Lake's on, like Matt said. Those first three days, Christopher was constantly thinking of escaping. And on the fourth day, Berdella allowed him to have a cigarette, leaving matches in the room. You fucked up, dumbass. I'll burn this whole motherfucker down. Christopher used the box of matches within reach once Bradella had left the house. Christopher burned through his restraints with the matches. Okay, that makes way more sense to me burning the whole motherfucker down. My bad. Mm, six one way, half dozen another. He then jumped out of the second story window, breaking a bone in his foot on the fall. Christopher was completely naked besides the dog collar around his neck. He happened to see a meter reader across the street and ran at him while yelling to call the police. The meter reader took Christopher to the nearest house where the occupants called the police. Yeah, they wouldn't invite him inside. They were like, no, 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 stay outside. We'll call the police, though. Uh, Well, within minutes, police arrived and listened to Christopher explain how he'd been kidnapped, then raped and tortured the last four days. They arrived in minutes. We got a naked white man on the porch. He went into detail about being sodomized, drugged, and injected with cleaners. You could save this for the, de- the detectives. We're just the neighbors. You don't need to go into detail with us. Just just wait till the cops get here. No, I was really like he was in there. Like he was getting it. Sir, the, the cops are on their way. There's no reason for this. Ammonia! Ammonia in my eyeballs! Right, I was ammonia. <laughs> Kids go upstairs. Yeah, kids. Get <laughs> the meat reader's taking notes. She's like, "Uh huh, go on." <laughs> oh well. Officers noticed that Christopher was covered in wounds all over his body. Observant, along with having red, swollen eyes. He's high on marijuana. Beat him. <laughs> Jazz musician. <laughs> you think he's got a gun tucked under that butt? No, it's in the collar. <laughs> we got a collar with a collar. <laughs> Well, Christopher was taken to a hospital while two of the officers kept surveillance on the property where they couldn't be seen. They also called 
for a search warrant to be started. Let's imagine these cops hiding where they can't be seen. They were like in plain fucking view. Yeah, it's an open fucking street. Where's no. they put the fucking... Hey, uh, we're going to need to put our squad car in your garage. Who turns it to go for coffee? <laughs> well, when Christopher was questioned again by police about what happened to him, he told police about the pictures Bordella showed him of men who looked to be dead, adding that he was told the men in the pictures were people Bordella tried to keep as sex slaves, but... It it didn't work out. He continued to tell the police that Berdella made it clear he never intended to allow Christopher to leave the property, and that Berdella admitted to killing previous victims he had kidnapped and treated the same way. He said that Berdella told him if he became trouble or a threat to him, he would endure worse torture or be killed. It wasn't long after Christopher was taken to the hospital that Berdella arrived home. When police confronted him, he would not allow them into his house. With the search warrant already being drafted up, it wasn't long before it was sent over and police were able to enter. In regards to Christopher's statements, police found burnt ropes attached to a bed frame, the bed frame having wear from previous restraints. I thought it was going to be a different, like, wear from all the butt stuff. Oh. Oh. Oh, fuck me. Oh. Yeah, he, he picked me up and set me on the bedpost. Oh. Oh, is that what, not what you meant by wear to the nope. bed? Frame? Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Caught me off guard. I'm wearing, does this look good on me? Does it match my eyes? Okay. Also in this room, also in this room on the second floor, they found the electrical transformer still plugged in with wires leading to the bed. A tray with syringes, small bottles with prescription drugs, swabs, and eye drops were found near their bed as well. Also in this bedroom was an iron pipe and different lengths of rope and leather belts. Full of all the fun stuff. Lots of fun toys. And what's behind door number three? (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys... In other areas of the house, police found a human skull in a closet, a partially decomposed head in the backyard, several human vertebrae that were scarred with hack marks in the hallway, and several human teeth in envelopes. Uh, Media mail. I was going to mail that out. (laughs) Media mail. Save that cash. In the basement, they found a chainsaw with bloodstains, flesh, and pubic hairs. After the basement was sprayed down with luminol, it showed a significant amount of bloodstains in the floor of the basement, and in two trash barrels. Yeah, I would imagine if he hacked up everybody down there. I don't want to imagine. Throughout the house, 334 Polaroid pictures and 34 prints of various men were found, including ones of Christopher. The pictures were of men, both living and dead. Most were of men while being tortured. The house had several sexual devices, restraints, and pornographic books, hypodermic needles, and a book about narcotics. We'll need one book about narcotics. Yeah, I mean, they're all in there, right? Yeah. In a dresser drawer, a stenographer pad was found where Verdella wrote detailed notes on each of his victims, along with newspaper clippings about the missing Jerry Howell, his first victim. Also belonging to a victim was the wallet of another missing person, James Ferris. In the midst of searching the house, Kansas City police formed a tax force. In the state of Missouri, by law, you have to determine the charges within 20 hours of arresting someone. Damn. It's funny you have 20 hours after arresting someone to determine what you're arresting them for. Right, that's what I was saying, damn to. Like, they could just take you in and then decide if they're going to charge Within, you? I mean, well, not quite a full day. Most states have, like, a holding. You can arrest somebody, but you can only hold them for 48 hours. It makes sense if you catch somebody being disorderly and you can hold them and see if they did more than that. Yeah, I don't like it. I mean, I hate it. I mean, they could literally just roll up to me like we're detaining you for 20 hours and maybe while we'll we figure you. out if you did something what we can that charge, we can you, charge with. you with. Right. Yeah. Uh, task force consisted of 11 detectives, 
one sergeant, bitch, exclusively to focus on Bordello's case. Is that his name? <laughs> his name is Sergeant B. One sergeant, bitch. <laughs> they looked into his history to find Bordello was well known within the male prostitutes of Kansas City. Oh, you mean Bordello? Yeah, he's oh, nice. that Bordello. We like him. Uh, wait, no, they probably didn't like him if you talked to the cops about him. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> In Berdella, all honesty, yeah. Not a fan. <laughs> yeah, not a fan. Uh, further learning that some of the male prostitutes avoided Bordella and would not work with him because of his reputation of drugging and torturing some of his sexual partners. And there you have it. And there you have it. Yeah, no, they were like, uh, yeah, we know him. No, he never, yeah, he no. never touched me. He never touched me. Yeah. The guy with the Windex? I hate that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Clean windows, though. <laughs> windows are just eyes to the soul, guys. Jeez. <laughs> uh, police learned that Bordella had at one time been a suspect in two missing persons case, both of which they found possessions for at Bordella's home. Oh, so the cops just dropped the ball. They could have had this guy long before. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. God, that's wrong. Uh, for both Jerry Howell and James Ferris, he was the prime suspect. And they found Homeboy's wallet. When previously questioned, he denied any knowledge of what happened to either man. When police tried to press further, Bradella requested a lawyer so that they let him go and put surveillance on him. Why is he not in jail for the... Didn't have enough to make it stick they didn't in have a court. They, Jumped they, out the of the prime. window naked and said, this guy did butt stuff with me and tortured me and has pictures of Polaroids of dead well, people. Well, he's, he's in jail for that right now while they're finding all this other information it out. It says they let him go and put him on surveillance. Yeah. No, and that was that was before. Yeah, they let him go oh. entirely. They put when him he on was a surveillance. Prime suspect. All right, never mind. But when the That's surveillance fair. itself... Came up with no evidence. Bordella had his lawyer threaten all of them with a harassment suit on the whole department. They stopped looking to it into them entirely for any disappearances. Is that all it takes for a cop to go away? Yeah, you need money and a lawyer. Yes, that's exactly what it takes for a cop to go away. Like just like Warren Zevon said, lawyers, drugs, and money. That's all you need. He ain't wrong. Well, while the task force was trying to identify men in the photos, James Ferris's wife was able to identify him in the pictures while he was still alive and after death. Paul Howell identified his son Jerry in a picture of him hanging upside down dead in the basement. Damn, that's fucked. So fucked up. Uh, They started to identify other men in pictures and had to determine if they were dead or alive. And many pictures were body parts of the person who took the pictures. To determine if this was Bardella, on April 13th, they stripped him down naked, taking many pictures of his body in angles they found in pictures. Uh, One stenographer, on stenographer pads throughout the house, were the names of men and information that helped police identify some of these men. There's a lot of them. Yep. One of the names was Freddie Kellogg, who the police were able to track down in question. Kellogg admitted that he and many other young men had stayed with Berdella through the 80s. His condition to stay there was to persuade young, attractive men to come over and party. Hell yeah. It's party time, sexy bitch. Yeah, dude, you want to go party? I'm not trying to be ass-raped, so you couldn't come party? <laughs> God damn to her. Hmm. <laughs> That's she ain't, really she ain't wrong. She's not. She ain't wrong. She ain't wrong. Kellogg also said that Bordello was known to lure them in by offering drugs, then would have sex with them whether they were willing or not. Kellogg the, states that they what? get the drugs or like or not. Oh yeah, yeah, he drugged them so that they were basically unconscious. 
I'm just saying, like, we offered the drugs. Right. But if you're going to do butt stuff to me, I better at least get the drugs. Sorry that the drug is drain cleaner in your fucking throat. He offered the drugs and then would have sex whether they're willing or not. Do you want cocaine or don't you? Butt stuff. Oh, cool. So you've been to a fish concert. (laughs) (laughs) More than one. (laughs) (laughs) Kellogg states that many of the men he tried to persuade would not come due to the rumors about Bordella being abusive and his connection to the disappearance of Rock of Jerry Howell in 1984. Yeah. So, like, the community sense. knew that Verdella was a suspect. Yeah, straight up. They're like, no, we don't fuck with that guy. Mm-hmm. If Verdella believed one of the young men who showed up was a police informant, he would blackmail them and then use them for his advantage. Oh, you're just a drug addict. I'm going to tell the cops about it. Bitch, uh. I am the cops. Kellogg would be more helpful than just knowledge of Verdella. He was also able to identify some of the men in the pictures. This included three of Bradella's victims, Todd Stoops, Larry Pearson, and Robert Sheldon. Thanks, Cereal. Cereal? Yeah. Oh, Kellogg. Oh, my You didn't God. catch the joke? No. That was such a Monty joke. It was yeah. such a Monty joke. Oh, I missed it. Well, when police investigated each of these three, they found that Bradella bonded Pearson out of jail, and there were no further records of Pearson anywhere afterwards to prove he was still alive. They then found that within days of Pearson bonding out, there was a hospital assault charged against him for a gruesome penis bite. <laughs> <laughs> this assault charge was filed by Bradella. Against the guy he killed. Against the guy he killed. He's got killed. this motherfucker tied up and tortured, and then he files But a did charge. you see the bite on the penis? <laughs> but then he files the charge. Man, Bardella done a shit. He didn't file it with the police. It was like the the hospital, like somebody bit my penis, and it was Pearson. Yeah. Well, as for Sheldon, his dick was pierced too. Oh God, this guy's dumb. As for Sheldon, police went to his uh, last place of work where they said he was a great employee, but one day he didn't show up. Penis bite will do that. Uh, You know, (laughs) he was a great employee except for the time that he just didn't do his job. That one time, then then he never came back. It's just the one time he just didn't show up for work. Never seen him again. And it's hard to call into your boss and be like, yo, I got my dick bit. I hate to break it to you, boss. That was Monty, though. He was a great employee until one day he just didn't show up ever again. Uh, She's not wrong. It wasn't a penis bite. I was going to say, was there, <laughs> was there a bitten penis? Oh, I don't think so, but... I don't know. There's a lot let of things uh, involved. Let me check my calendar. I'll get back with you. Uh, penis bite. Nope. Not on that date. Police had enough evidence to charge and hold Berdella on felonious restraint. Assault, seven counts of forcible sodomy. He refused to help police and invoked his right to remain silent. Investigators were able to obtain a handwriting sample from Berdella, but he refused to cooperate and was sentenced to six months in jail for contempt of court. This was a huge win for the police because it gave them time to investigate deeper. We don't have all the evidence we need. Thank you for that. By this time, they were well aware they had a serial killer on their hands. They were unable to charge Bradella with the murders because at this time they had no bodies, just unidentified skulls and vertebrae. Damn. With the amount of artifacts and other items that Bradella had collected, the investigators had to be sure that the skulls were authentic and identify them. Right, because it could have been a skull, you know, from I mean, some ancient person sent over sure. from one of his contacts. Yeah. I mean, it, home, Homeboy was dipping his stuff in wax or painting them to look like they're plastic, you know? You've got to have evidence to present it in court. That's that's what they were looking for, was yeah. what can they get to stick? Yeah, fucking wild. Well, by the end of April, the skull from Dell's 
Bordello's closet was identified as Robert Sheldon. The same day, two men called KCPD to identify one of the men in the pictures released by the police as Mark Wallace. That's not his name. Marky Mark. Marky Mark. my bad. He was one of the Funky Bunch. No, he's the leader of the Funky... It's the rest of the Funky Bunch and Marky Mark. Put your shirt on, Mark. (laughs) Well, he'd been missing since 1995. In May, another man labeled as D in the pictures was identified as Larry Pearson. Due to Larry being a ward of the court, his dental records were on file. Larry was the skull found in Berdella's backyard. Berdella was then formally charged with the murder by dismemberment of Larry. Murder by dismemberment. Like it's its own charge. You didn't just kill him. You didn't dismember him. You murdered him by dismemberment. It's a pretty fucking... <laughs> I don't know. I like the name. We are murder by dismemberment. Fuck yeah. And then they just go straight into Wonderwall. <laughs> All right. Well, Berdella's first trial was for Larry Pearson on July 22nd, 1988. A grand jury formally indicted Robert Berdella for Larry's death. In August, Berdella went to his arraignment and to the surprise of the judge and prosecutors, he pled guilty for first degree murder. Oh. Plot twist. <laughs> Uh, prosecutors agreed to this plea, saying that it was in the best interest of our client, the people of the state of Missouri. The judge still insisted that Berdella confess to the murder under oath, because that hand on the Bible is going to make all the difference. Uh, yeah. I mean, they wanted details. When asked how Larry was killed, Berdella stated, I put a plastic bag over his head, and I tied it with rope and allowed him to suffocate. Berdella was then asked if he did this deliberately. He said, with malice and a forethought. A four? I put a whole forearm in there, motherfucker. In which he replied, Yup. C. For this crime. Bardella was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. He was transferred to Missouri State Penitentiary. Later transferred temporarily to Potosi Correctional Center. And held in protective custody for concerns to his safety. Mm-hmm. Fuck, yeah, fuck his safety. Him. Yeah, mm-hmm. fuck his safety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All this is true. Oh, you want him safe? Tie him up to the bed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's hard to struggle. In late August, Berdella entered a plea deal for his first charges of felonious restraint, assault, and seven counts of forcible sodomy on the victim, Christopher Bryson, who escaped. Hell yeah. The plea deal brought the charges down to one charge of forcible sodomy and one count of felonious restraint. That's Felonious. Seven Counts of forcible sodomy. Down to one. Yeah. They had separate sentences for further life. The sentencing ended up being further life without parole and seven years for the restraint. On top of the life without parole? Okay. Yeah. All right. They they separated them. Yeah. I mean, they're just putting years on things now, which is... It's asinine, but it brings closure to a case. Well, but, but it, it also it, prevents legal loopholes from preventing it. So, like, oh, so you got him life with parole? Guess what? He's still in for this many years because of the other charge. Right, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> As for the rest of the murders, five to be exact, Berdella had no intentions of admitting guilt, pleading not guilty on September 13th, 1988. Hell no. He's like, man, I pled guilty and I got life without parole. I done fucked <laughs> up. Done. Yeah, it's right. It's over now. I done fucked up. Yeah, let's see what happens I when I plead not things. guilty. Can that reverse? <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking hit him with the Uno card, brother. When prosecutors said they intended to seek the death penalty, Berdella decided to change his plea for a plea bargain. 
Oh, no, no, fuck that. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Never mind. Hold on. Hold I, on. I did those things. I did those things. What kind of deal can you give me if I say I did? <laughs> the odds are he, not in my favor. <laughs> I fucked up. He agreed to confess in very graphic detail who he had killed, what he did to each victim, and how he killed each one, and also what he did with the bodies after. His hearing was set for 9 a.m. on December 19th. That seems like a hearing, high number. Huh, number. To say you're hearing to nine? That's a lot. Oh. Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. <sighs> For the hearing, members of the public were prohibited from attending. Those allowed included the families of the victims and news reporters. He formally waived his rights to be tried for any outstanding murder charges with the understanding that he would be convicted of one count first-degree murder of Robert Sheldon and four counts of second-degree murder for the other victims. Man, that's wow. a hell of a plot twist. I mean, first-degree yeah. shows intent. Second-degree shows it wasn't planned. Malice, but not intention. That's fucked up. I think it's the, I, it's the separation. Like, like I wanted you dead, but I didn't plan cleaner. to kill you. And then third-degree is that I just didn't even plan anything. It just happened. Well, no, yeah, third-degree murder is you and I. I steal a car. You're in the car. You don't stop me. We kill somebody in a robbery. That person got killed, but you didn't plan on killing people. That's, right. That's third degree. Yeah. Second degree is. <sighs> I wanted you dead, but I didn't plan on killing you. Right. And then first degree is. I, I went ahead and like, like made a plot and details and everything. Well, he didn't plan on killing. Some I feel of them. he planned on killing. He's them. like, well, the first 24 hours, the train cleaner didn't kill him. I didn't realize it would the on the last hour. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Judge Myers sentenced Berdella to five more concurrent life sentences along with no future prospect of parole for the first-degree murder charge. Mm. You ain't getting out, bitch. Judge Myers is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's no Judge Judy. Oh, I don't think Judge Judy ever sentenced anyone to life, much less five concurrent life sentences. So. Listen, being chastised by Judge Judy is a like life, life sentence. <laughs> yeah. That's five concurrent with no possibility of parole. I was listening to the last episode. I was like so torn that somebody killed Bette Midler's hairdresser. Yeah, you were so pissed <laughs> off about it, man. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Not stupid if you ever seen Bette Midler's hair. Did you see it after, though? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit was wonderful. Berdella formally told his confessions to prosecutors over the course of December 13th to 15th, 1988. In return, they took the death penalty off the table. Oh, just During kill confession, him. Just kill him. I'm just kind of hoping somebody does it in jail. Like, it costs less money for the taxpayers. Just go ahead and kill him. Yeah. If we can't do the death penalty, can we at least sentence him to life without possibility of parole or protective? Or send him, send him to Australia. Anything. Isn't that what Australia is for? That's what they used to do, yeah. Oh, Antarctica now? What do we do now? Alaska? No, Australia is actually a whole Alaska. country now. Like, they don't... You it, you wait. You can't just send the murderers it's, there. It's recognized? Yeah, it's just upside down. That's why, oh. you, that's why I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Chris, we love you. <laughs> I do love you, Chris. Well, oh, I have a big surprise for Chris, by the way. Is I it your penis? Chris, I wouldn't say it's big. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. All right. During confession, during confessions, Bradella stated that in 1965, he saw the movie The Collector, and it left a major impression on him. The one with the girl on the beach collecting seashells? <laughs> yep. Relatable. <laughs> he also claimed to have shock and disgust after his first killing, 
but the movie resurfaced in his memory and became a motivating force for the things he endured on his next victims. It's true. I you felt know, so gross after I killed Jerry, but then I thought about that movie with the girl with the seashells, and goddamn, I was no longer upset. Once Bordella had chosen his victims and held them captive, they lost every bit of humanity in his eyes. He said that both skulls found had originally been in his backyard. Weird way to say, put them in the <laughs> blood. <laughs> Actually, it's no. not a not he a weird way like to say that at all. Stuff in his butt. He likes to put stuff in other people's butt. Yeah, like a whole fist up to the elbow. Robert Sheldon was buried in the backyard until he killed Robert Pearson. At that time, he took Robert's skull out and replaced it with Larry's. It's better fit for my backyard, if you know what I'm saying. It's like moving the rocks around. <laughs> like I don't like that garden no more there. You don't even understand. Robert's got lower cheekbones. Larry's just better. Larry's just better. It fits the contours. The caterpillars like him better. They just crawl all over that guy's skull. Oh, I don't like any of this. He then cleaned Robert's skull, removed the teeth, placed it in a closet he referred to as his gallery area. He then put Robert's teeth in envelopes in the same closet. Just in case I want to mail these out later. You don't know. I just got, I got fans and there's presents I need to go out on Christmas. <laughs> Berdella had planned to get Larry's skull from the yard once it had time to skeletonize. The patina. Yeah, it's got to get that certain level of calcium. Just put it in the sun. It's got jaundice. Dear <laughs> God. Claiming he had no actual reasoning for doing this and that the rumors in the media saying that he's practicing Satanism and selling his victims parts at his flea market, that that's just lies. Fucking A. It's, oh, there were lies? Yeah. Dude, if he, he was claims selling, that those he claims that, that was those rumors were just lies. It's it's complete and total hundred percent lies. I am not doing that at my flea market booth. Also, come visit me at the flea market at Caller Spring. <laughs> In the downtown Kansas City area, there is a burger place that is actually a flea market and burger place. This guy really could have capitalized, and he fucked up. I'm pretty sure it's called the Westport Flea Market, and it's a whole restaurant and antique booth area. That's so good. This guy could have had both worlds. Dude, but his ass was out here selling his shit for less than what he bought it for to fucking make ends meet. What a dumbass. <laughs> like, what a he could have sold body parts oh, man. at his booth while cooking the rest of the body parts in his kitchen. Make use of the whole body. You ain't wrong. Well, Bordello was an idiot and promptly failed his from home chef yep. community to the end. <laughs> Bordello was able to tell the investigators all of his victims by name. There's only seven of them, right? That's too many names for me to remember. <laughs> you know, I'm just not good with names. I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I killed that guy, right? He's dead now. I don't got to remember his name anymore. I call him Skull One. That's Skull Two. <laughs> he ain't skeletonized yet. Let him sit for a minute. No, don't he, take him as evidence he, yet. He's Let's, still kind of squishy. He got three <laughs> more days in the sun. Each of them becoming a victim after he tried to save them from their various bad lifestyles. Oh, God. This. Well, when that failed... He became frustrated and angry at his failure. The only victim that he had not tried to save came to him by opportunity. This was Marky Mark, who had went to Bordella's shed to seek shelter from the weather and maybe call the Funky Bunch. I feel like... He should have picked a different shed. Yeah, when Marky Mark was in the shed and Bordella was like in the house staring out the window during a storm, like... <laughs> there's like rain pitter-patter on the roofs. Pitter-patter. 
Yeah. And then like the lightning strikes and he just gets a good glimpse of Marky Mark down there shivering and he's like in the arms of an angel. <laughs> like I see the whole commercial playing in my head. Come in here so I can save you. Bordello was able to give graphic detail on what he did to each victim. He spoke on the physical, sexual, and emotional abuse he subjected on each of his victims to investigators on December 14th. Stating that he was capturing them first and what developed, uh, developed. <laughs> That's literally what he said. While detailing his tortures, Bradella explained to the investigators he tried to prevent infection and malnutrition on his victims. And they gave him antibiotics and nutrients through a vein. No, sir, that was Drano. As his abuses escalated, I, g- I gave him more Drano as I fucked him in the ass harder. It says well, red. no, I mean, the Drano and stuff, they were, he was just sticking that into random places. Like, he actually, like... Yeah, his dick, too. Put the antibiotics and stuff into a vein, like like an IV, how you're supposed to. But, like, can I just get a drink of water? No, here's some nutrients. Oh, I, 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 really, I really need some food, sir. No, shut up. Here's a cock. <laughs> chomp, chomp. Well, his methods of torture used on these victims included high-voltage electrical shocks, putting Akala-based detergent into their throats, vocal cords, or eyes, along with starvation, repeatedly beating their hands with an object with the intention to make them unusable, and inserting needles under their fingernails. Ow! As for sexual assault, Bardella would insert his... Yes, I was so waiting for this part. That's bad to say. I'm ready for it. Tell me more. Uh, Bradella would insert his finger or vegetables like cucumbers or carrots into their anus. I was reading the carrots part at the waffle head. I was like, oh, this motherfucker put carrots in people's butts. <laughs> Bradella would insert his finger or vegetables like cucumbers or carrots into their anus. On some occasions, he would use his entire fist and arm. Oh, rupturing everything because, ow. It's hard to use the arm without the fist, if we're going to be honest. I wasn't ready. I was not ready. Well, is anybody ever ready? I hope so. If they get the whole arm, I hope so. Uh, You think you can try that next time without using the fist? Just the arm. Say less. Say less. Jesus Christ. I'll put my foot in heel first if that's what you're into. Let's do it. (laughs) Fuck. Well, during the confessions, Bradella told them that with each victim, his level of abuse increased. He said that he viewed the Polaroid pictures of his victims often, and they were a trophy or record to the event, end quote. Uh, Since police were unable to find any of the bodies, what Bradella did with remains were part of his plea deal. He told them that he dismembered each victim with various tools or instruments, like chainsaws and knives. He would place the body in a bathtub and make incisions at the elbow, leg, and groin to allow the body to drain of blood. He then placed the body parts into trash bags and took them to the curb for the trashmen to pick up, being sure to watch when they did, just to make sure he knew they were not disturbed. Subsequently, the body parts were taken to the landfill and never recovered. No. Oh. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I don't want those body parts disturbed. I'm the only one allowed to be disturbed around here. No. That's all right. There's so many things wrong with this. Just... Well, yeah. God Welcome damn to it. the show, Matt. <laughs> Bradella was not a fan of his name being smeared in the media. 
He regularly talked to a particular minister while in jail, not to confess, but to have someone to talk to. He had no interest in confessing to anyone and ignored anyone trying to talk about it. Man, I can't believe now somebody he... was talking to this dude. What a saint. <laughs> That's literally what they're supposed to do. <laughs> now that he was caught and in jail, he had no control over anything in his life or anything said about him. This was humil This was humiliating. For Berdella. He had many contacts, acquaintances, and friends from his business over the years. They were not able to believe the monster he was. Many even believed that the police had framed him. Mm. That's a lot of shit for the cops to fucking plant in his house. And I don't know where you... handwriting. Yeah, I don't know where you ended this at, but what I read, I'm sure the end's gonna be this, the same. That shit blows my mind. Maybe, maybe not. We'll find out. Berdella himself thought he was a good, upstanding citizen who just did some terrible things. Woof. To try to change the narrative in the media and get back his good name, Berdella agreed to do an interview with television station KCPT. Which is like the best public station, Kansas City Public Television. Like they're the ones that had like the Muppets and they oh. had... Um, and they had Bizarre Bob. Yeah, like, we're just going to paint some little happy little trees here. Yes, Bob Ross. Antique Roadshow. Yes. Like, all the good All the good shit. shit, yes. And they're like, yo, let's interview Bob. Yep. <laughs> Fucking plot twist. Plot. Who's got that Uno card again? They're just passing the Uno card around. It's Kansas City. <laughs> it's KCPT. It's Kansas, it stands for Kansas City Plot Twist. Oh, hey. I hey, hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> In this interview, he tried to come off as the sensitive citizen who just made some mistakes, the man that he was trying to convince people he really was. He stated that he was demonized by the media and it was unfair. Yeah, because fucking ruptured anal fisting and stuffing oh. carrots in people's butts. Bordella opened a trust fund for the victims' families. He did this through Reverend Roger Coleman. The same minister who we talked to on a regular basis while incarcerated. Dude, what a fucking insult to injury. Oh, his name is Roger. <laughs> I'm going to open a trust fund for the victims I fucking raped and tortured. <sighs> oh, I hate that so much. Uh, some of the victims' families tried to sue Berdella for wrongful death, but it was past the stature of limitations. He also tried to lodge several complaints with prison officials for his poor living arrangements. Oh, God. He wrote to the minister about his high blood pressure, stating that the prison officials knew of his condition and that were providing him with, with, with his prescribed heart medication. Think that he's had high blood pressure and been on medication since like under age 10. Oh, yeah. It's just. Give me my heart drugs. Uh, uh, oh. So what else do you got to complain about, right? Like. <laughs> You're not giving me my heart medication. There may be some truth to this neglect. All right, it, it might be true. In 1992, Reverend Roger Coleman came to see Bordella. He told the Reverend in person about the penitentiary withholding his heart medication from him. Then, at 2 p.m. on October 8, 1992, Bordella complained of chest pain to the staff. He was taken to the prison infirmary where medical staff determined his heart was unstable and called an ambulance. Once again, I feel like we're at a fish concert and some guy's just talking to a stick. He's like, I'm talking to the staff, but it won't listen. Can I talk to the, can I talk to the medical staff, please? <laughs> oh. And just some work. That's not the staff. You oh, just, you just found a, a stick in the fucking parking lot of Mile High. What the fuck are you doing? Oh, it said it was the medical staff. It said it could heal me. <laughs> uh, from there, 
The ambulance took him to a hospital in Columbia, Missouri, and by 3.55 p.m., Robert Rodello was pronounced dead from heart attack. He's only 43 years old. That's what happens when you don't get your blood pressure medicine. At 43. <laughs> no real loss. Yeah, you ain't lying. As much as we joke, no real loss. No his real dad loss. died of a heart attack at 39. He outlived uh, his dad by four yeah, years. Like, we joke about pr- prisons withholding medication, but, like, what prison was it? Good job, prison. Yeah. That's... Yeah. <laughs> uh, we he, thought he had low blood pressure. Oh, damn it. We gave him the... It, you telling me, oh. Oh, yeah. We fucked it up. We thought I had low bar. So we My just, bad. We razzed the fuck out of him. Yeah, we well, sent that shit through the I'll roof. You, We're I, trying to raise it. I tell you what. We'll get it next time, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This isn't going to happen again. I don't know. Uh, mistakes. Uh, That's the fucking stick. Oh. He's only 43 years old. He's only spent four years of his multiple life sentences in prison. The judge on his trial had one last thing to say. When he heard of Bordello's death, sarcastically, he said, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. God damn. Oh, yes. my God. Man, like, was that judge? Was that judge on the clock when he said that? I hope so. Well, me too, because that's tax dollars well spent, man. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Like, I'm, I'm not for the justice system. No, but, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm clapping at that on. moment. Yeah. It was probably one of those things where he was like on his way into work and the media's there waiting for him like, hey, 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 do you have any comments to say on Robert Burdellis? Hey, Robert Burdellis died? Like, and he's and like, he's Robert Burdellis like, died? What happened to a nicer guy? Yeah, straight up. What? That's fucking great. I like great. this guy. It's so much. I want this judge on my case. Yeah. When you support the law, it's always over some bullshit. <laughs> 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 well, Burdella had claimed he did not understand why he was a serial killer or what had happened to him. For him to become this way, he was not only offended, but saw people as incompetent for thinking he himself could understand that. That's a big sentence. Wait. You guys are incompetent. Wait, wait. You want me to understand that something? I can't understand that. Yeah, it's exactly where I'm like, wait, wait. You want me to understand something? But you guys are incompetent because I don't understand it. Oh. Yeah. Obviously, you're incompetent for me. <laughs> you're to... incompetent for thinking that I was able to understand no. it. Idiots. Oh. <laughs> Well, according to public records, Bradella had a depressive personality disorder and was diagnosed a sexual sadist who gained utmost sexual satisfaction from hum- humiliation, pain, and torture that he inflicted on his victims. He never showed any signs of remorse, and when interviewed, Bradella referred to his victims as play toys. God, that's gross. Yeah, he might be a sexual sadist. A little bit. I don't understand why they refer to me like that. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> Well, Bordella kept extensive logs for each of his victims. Oh, that's gross, too. No, that's just efficient. That's efficiently gross. Grossly efficient. You got a catalog. Choose one. Why are we bringing up fish again? <laughs> <laughs> this is too many times per God episode. damn it. Oh, this includes each act, set one and set two, <laughs> of fish's sexual and physical torture. Uh, he admitted that there were a few times with his last three victims where he had to stop logging his data because the victim would not be able to make it much longer. With one of the victims, Bradella continuously assaulted him until he noticed in until he noted Bradella continuously assaulted him until he noted in his log Ferris was unsa- unable to sit up more than 10 to 15 seconds. The following entry read very very delayed breathing. His final note on Ferris was 86 which is a slang term he used while being a chief, meaning throw it out or stop the project. Yeah, everyone knows what 86 yeah, means. 86, we don't have anymore. Right, as in, as in like kicked out for life, you're 86 Well, I mean, as a chef, 
yo, 86 the tacos we don't have anymore. Don't sell them. 86, they're done. Yeah. Right. I mean, or I think like if it was something that like was cooked wrong and got sent back, he's like yeah. 86 that. Some of the logs were written in code or his own abbreviations for methods of abuse he inflicted. He described the victim's reactions to the ongoing torture along with his observations of the victims when he would first enter the room. Entries reading CP referred to chlorprosamine, which he injected into the victims to restrain them. DC referred to the drain cleaner that Berdella would swab into the eyes or inject into the vocal cords of his victims. Oh, you God. Got creative on that one. DC, because we don't <laughs> want Drano to sue us. Yeah, drain cleaner. Oh. EG and EKG referred to the electrical shock he would use. Other abbreviations were used for the location on the body he was inflicting the torture to. For example, an entry for Ferris wrote, two and a half ket NK plus shoulder. This meant that Berdella injected 2.2 cubical centimeters of ketamine into the victim's neck and shoulder. Oh. Motherfucker just got ketamine laying around? Oh. Hell yeah. Well, damn, Tara. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, as long as you're a firefighter. <laughs> You can put two and a half cubicle centimeters in me. Oh, my God. Actually, that doesn't seem like very much. No, just shut no. up. <laughs> she goes, no. <laughs> I was hoping for no. bigger hose. That's just, that's just a frontal wedgie. She ain't wrong. <laughs> I have nothing to say. He logged each time he administered a chemical or drug to a victim and the location. For sexual assaults, the abbreviations didn't make as much sense. Mm. But Berdella would... Help decode them. <sighs> BF was for anal penetration with his penis. That'll make no sense. Boner fuck? I know. I don't know why it's BF. Butt fuck? Uh, oh, maybe it was butt fuck. Maybe it was butt fuck. That makes sense. Where Fing F stood for his finger. The reference to F was used many times with each victim. Many times F had words added, such as carrot F and cucumber F, clearly meaning that he used carrots and cucumbers anally on the victim. Todd Stoops, the fifth victim, had an entry of fist F. Oh. This is what inevitably killed him after mm. it ruptured his anal wall and infection set in. God damn. So, God, so wrong. Fist fuck. Weird way to make <laughs> egg soup, but fuck, man. Man's got to eat. Carrots and cucumbers. You put cucumbers in your soup? Jesus Christ. I mean, not inherently, but I would. Not anymore. <laughs> 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 there were some entries in Bradella's logs that were yeah, easy there to understand. That were easy <laughs> to understand, such as "gag loose, no resist." Gag every time. loose, nobody. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Can just reread the whole thing. Let's completely delete the footloose reference. Please, please do. Yeah, start over. No. Yep. All right. <laughs> or in. it would read very delayed breathing or snoring. He logged each victim and what he believed they died from. He logged his victim snoring. Yeah, he, he. It was such. It was very, very detailed logs. I want to get my hands on that book. Snoring with cucumber in the ass. <laughs> snoring with CCF. So what happened to all the belongings from Bob's Bizarre Bazaar and Robert Berdella's home? November of 1988, while Berdella still rotted in jail, his things were put up for auction. This is the part I was talking about earlier. Oh. Yeah. This included all of his artifacts and furniture confiscated from his home and business. The auction was held on four separate days. The proceeds were supposed to go towards his mountain of legal feeds and at the time, his ongoing legal proceedings. The auction gained national attention, getting phone bids from all across the U.S. 
Most items did not go for as much as money is expected, but by the end of the first day of auctioning, he made more than $60,000. His home was purchased by a local businessman in December of 1988. This man later demolished the home and sold the property to neighbors. Which, that's the part that fucks me up the most. Because, like, this guy bought the home at auction, didn't give it to anybody, none of it at all. Completely demolished and destroyed. Completely. And then just sold the undeveloped property to people who lived near it. Right. They were going to build a house. It just blows my mind that he bought it. What was he hiding? That's what I feel like. He bought you it. think so? Oh, yeah. I feel like this guy had some part somewhere in it. So I heard that the, the reason... I couldn't find, like actual evidence on it but i heard that the uh the guy that bought the house his like biggest reason for buying it was his like he had such fascination in Bertella, like and related to him it was he was fascinated and also related to the way that Bertella thought okay okay i'm not i'm not disagreeing with this motivation as a motivation in general but then he immediately took the property, demolished it down to square zero, and sold it to the neighbors who would get the but most. what did he take off the property? Or what did he take, you know, that was left in the house before he demolished it? Sorry, say that again. What, what dead bodies did he leave in the house when he demolished it, you know? like Yeah, the person who bit yeah. on it? Yeah. No, you're, no, you're the not lying. He, the bit on it. The way, the way that I'd read it, but this is a different... I just read one quick like report thing on it. Like he was somebody that was like a not a businessman, but had bought and sold stuff with him before. Ah. The guy that bought it, and then he bought the house, didn't sell anything in there, had the whole place demolished and torn down and beat up, and then just sold it. Yeah, he was like a he was a very wealthy businessman. But either way. Okay, man, fucking Bob, though, I love it. This is a good one. I'm proud of you, by the way, for finding this. I'm so disappointed in myself so for not finding it. I am happy. Not I even found knowing that. I about loved it. it. Proud of you. Shit was wonderful. Matt's sitting over there like, lips <laughs> all tucked in like, they're just sitting here talking about how wonderful this was and I'm disgusted. Oh man, no, it was good. It was like, the more disgusted I am, the better it is. One of us has to be the voice of seasoning. Seasoning. Carrots, cucumbers. Oh. Pot roast. Ooh, pot roast. Oh. My favorite sport. <laughs> <laughs> Carrots and cucumbers in pot roast is good shit though. Wait. Not, cucumbers. Not cucumbers. <laughs> I thought really. we just discussed this. Not, re- not really cucumbers. Yeah. Cucumbers go on ranch. Zucchini, maybe? You know, cucumbers are just... Unpickled pickles. pickles. And you hate pickles. Shut the I fuck hate up. vinegar. Oh, I love vinegar. No, it's so bad. She's my favorite stripper. <laughs> vinegar? Yeah. Uh, if there was a stripper named Vinegar, I she might love her. She always smells well pH balanced. <laughs> I never want to hear All of a sudden, I don't like vinegar anymore. Or the terms, my stripper smells we well p- My stripper smells anything. That's the end of that sentence for me. <laughs> I'm this happy about it. pH balanced <laughs> for a stripper. Oh my goodness! Right. You know that there's that motto for strippers: "Pussy but, money vinegar." Oh, <laughs> oh! I hadn't heard that one. My, me neither. I always oh. heard if it smells like a salmon, you don't go a cramming. But <laughs> I guess there's two sayings oh for every God. girl. Uh, All right, let's get out of here, folks. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, All right. I fucking yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. We fucking love you. Yeah, we love the shit out of you guys. We can't do this without you. We really can't. At this point, I could probably do it without you guys, though. (laughs) Uh, Just kidding. 
Especially want to thank Nicole. Yes. A new uh, Patreon member. Yes, thank you so much. Yes, yeah, straight up, straight up. And she plays in the uh, Pentagram String Band. You guys yep. should check that out. It's legitimately good shit. Yep. And I got a huge... I fucking love it. I have a huge box to send you. Ooh, me? Not you. Oh, okay. It's a small box with some merch in it. Oh. It's just it's just a box of Tara's box. Just waiting on the new the new koozies to get here. Which, by the way, they're dope as shit. I'm excited. Are they... Did they get rerouted from Germany, finally? No, they just they just landed in Germany, and they're on their way back. Okay, good, 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 good. As long as as long as they landed, okay, fine. So you gotta pay extra for that. We'll we'll have them out to you. I swear, as long as they get here from Germany. Yeah, like that's they shipped them to Germany for to some reason. Colorado Springs, Colorado, Germany. <laughs> some small little Hamburg in Germany, Hamburg in Germany. I sent them to Pound Town, Bamberg. Bangtown, whatever the fuck we called it. It's God Bamberg. Jesus it was Bamberg. Oh. If we have any fans in Germany, you should have spoke up because you probably could have grabbed. You could have grabbed some there, and you wouldn't have had to pay the shipping. Yeah, fee. free shipping actually because they refunded yeah. me the shipping because they sent it to Germany. Oh, oh fuck yeah! I still have to pay the American shipping, but oh, which I think is horseshit. Fucking Americans. Anyway, all right. Well, hey, we fucking love you guys. Absolutely. Um, lots. We appreciate you guys listening to us. We. Cannot do this without you. Shit's out of place. Plays are going up and up and up, and we're getting new Patreon members, and it's incredible. It's it's why we're doing this, man. I hope you guys, I want to say enjoy, but are not. I hope your day gets better after listening. It can't get worse. (laughs) I hope it can't get worse. I don't think it can get worse than fucking Bob's Bizarre Bizarre. Yep. Uh, Check us out at pintsoftheroundtable.com. Also, you can support us at patreon.com slash pintsoftheroundtable. Lots of listenership there. We're working on. A bunch of uh, a booze your own adventures yep. that are going to be in our five dollar level. And if you guys ever want to buy us a beer or just support the show and help help fund the website, even we got two five dollar levels there, ten dollar levels, fifteen dollar levels, hundred thousand dollar levels. Anyways, it's going to be. Edited. I love you guys. I love Horrible. them guys. We are pints of the round table. I hope you enjoyed listening. I really hope you didn't hate us. Cheers. Cheers. Fucking cheers. Fucking cheers. So I think I wrote a country song with my butthole earlier.